Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again to sow seeds of faith into your heart, to cause your spirit to develop, to cause you to be blessed, to cause you to be highly favored, to release God's grace and love upon you. I bless you, and I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm glad to be with you this week. We're going to talk about spiritual development. Let's go to First Peter, the second chapter, and at the second verse, it says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Let me read it one more time. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. This scripture pretty much is telling you the way you grow your spirit is by consuming the word of God. There's many ways to consume it. You consume it by listening to me right now. You consume the word of God by reading the word. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Reading the word is actually hearing the word because when you read, you're hearing it in your spirit, man. And when you're hearing it now, you're hearing the word, it produces faith. Well, when this scamdemic came, for years I had been quoting uh, amongst other confessions, Psalms 91, where it says, no evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come down my dwelling. And I say a bunch of confessions, like all during the day, and I pray with my kids at night, I had them confess certain scriptures. And it's just a habit. Well, when you when you hear something a lot, you'll believe it. If somebody came and slandered me to you and said a bunch of evil stuff about me every day, speaking evil of me, I done had this happen to me before. And speaking evil of you every day, uh, evil of me every day, you would not want to listen to me because even though you might not be sure, if they keep speaking negative of me every day, you would believe that. And some of you have probably been done that way. Well, the same thing works with the word. When you hear the word of God over and over and over again, you will believe it. So by me constantly saying no evil befall me, no calamity come near my house, no evil will be in my house. There'll be no terrorism. No, nobody steal from me. Men don't steal from me in the name of the Lord Jesus. I said men don't steal from me in the name of the Lord Jesus. I said no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague. Plagues do not come near me. They do not come near my dwelling. They do not come near my wife and my children. And that includes any plague, the flu, the the, the whatever whatever it is, the, the whatever the virus they got going None of that can come near my dwelling. Now, the way it works is once you keep saying that and confessing that, you build a faith in that area. And when the trial comes, because the trial going to come, when the game comes, you done already lifted weights and, and, and ran that play over and over and over again. You just got to execute the game plan. Now, the purpose of this, this message this week is to persuade you by using examples and using the power words to start, start your reading plan. 
and once you develop a reading plan, when when a, when a situation come up, you'll kind of in your subconscious know where that is in the Bible. Then you'll simply go to that particular scripture and make that scripture out of a confession, like I just demonstrated. And when you make 50 to 100 thousands of scriptures out of confessions, you know what I mean? I don't know. I ain't put no, um, no number on it. But when you get certain things that did to you and, and you confess that every day based off the word of God, because God cannot lie. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. When you release that word out of your mouth, what is written day by day, it develops a faith into your subconscious. It enables you to work and walk as a mass, as a Superman. God wants us to be Superman. You know, they made that movie Superman or whatever, Superwoman or whatever, but we want you to be that. It ain't no Krypton. Only Krypton is if you, Kryptonite is if you don't confess that word. When you confess what is written over and over and over again, it develops a faith in your subconscious and makes you impenetrable. It makes you a, 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 a master. It makes you royalty. See, in this same chapter of Peter, it says at verse 5, 1 Peter 2 and 5, it says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God by Jesus Christ. The way you would make that out of confession, you say, Lord, it is written, I am a lively stone. Suppose, suppose, it, oh, like we worked a lot the last couple of weeks or whatever. I went back to work last. I took a week off, but but a lot of the workers was tired because they had been working twelve hour days. But I come in there. Soon I see them dragging around. I start releasing that anointing, that faith. I say, man, we infantry. I say, we tough. I don't get tired. I, you know, uh, the the spirit of God is going to come on me right now and I'm going to work like a Trojan. I'm strong on my inner man. I'm built up by the Lord Jesus Christ and on my inner man. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. One of them days I was kind of tired. I probably said that about 50 times. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I play with it a little in the world. You know, I just have fun with it. And as I keep Saying that, and about a, about thirty minutes later, that anointing come on me, and boy, I'm, you know, one of my coworkers, he said, "Man, how you do this to coffee?" I said, "No," nah. I said, "I be praying, quoting the word." <laughs> I don't think he really caught it, but I was like, "Brother, I be I be praying, quoting the word. I be praying, quoting that word." See, this word is inspired by God, and it has not lost its inspiration. Inspiration, see, because it is inspired by God. See, all scripture uh, is given by inspiration of God, by holy men as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And because the words, the word of God is inspired by God, it has an anointing on it. And when you begin to quote that written word over and over and over and over and over and over again, you begin to release an anointing in whatever area you need it. So, you know, let's let's look at this again. Second Peter, first Peter, I meant to say, two 
and fire. Ye also as lively stones. You're not dead. You're alive. Say say this. Say, I am a lively stone. You might say about 20 times a day. Say it all day today. Meditate this one scripture today. Say, I am a lively stone. Let me read the rest of the verse. A built up a spiritual house. Did you know you was a spiritual house? You're not a natural house. You are a spiritual house. It says, and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. This is who you are. You are a spiritual house. Say, my house is a spiritual house. Say, the spirit of God is on the inside of me. Say, some of you ain't saying it. Say, the spirit of God is on the inside of me. Some of you still say, say, the spirit of God is on the inside of me. I am a spiritual house. I am a lively stone. I am a holy priesthood. Say it, say it, say it. Say, I'm a holy priesthood. Say, God has ordained me to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Say, I got the powerhouse on the inside of me. Say, great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Say, because God is on the inside of me, sickness cannot rule and reign in my body. Say, my body is strong because Christ is on the inside of me. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because Jesus promised that he'll be with you and even in you. That's what he told the disciples. And he came to live within us when he released that name, when he released the Holy Ghost in his name. He said, I'm going to come in my name, in my name. So God is on the inside of you. That means sickness, high blood pressure, diabetes, diseases cannot rule and reign over your body because greater is he that is in you. Confess it, brothers and sisters, to become real to you. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm very happy to be with you once again to sow seeds of faith into your inner man, to build you up, to make you a powerhouse in the earth realm that you may walk into your divine calling, your divine destiny in your days upon this earth. I say to you that you are blessed. You are royalty. You are a spiritual house. You are a holy priesthood. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. You are a lively stone. That's who you are. Confess that over yourself, what I just spoke. This is who you are. You are somebody. You are made for greatness. Greatness is on the inside of you. There's nobody like you. Your DNA is unique on purpose because God was demonstrating through that administration to let you know that there's nobody like you in the world. You are unique. And you are called for such a time as this with a divine call on the inside of you. I bless you, and I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon you. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, we're talking about spiritual development. Let's go to Matthew, the seventh chapter. And let's start at the 24th verse. It says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sins of mine, and do it them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock, 
And every one that hear these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. In the context that I'm ministering this particular passage of Scripture, I'm talking about confession, building your spiritual man, your inner man. Whosoever shall take the word of God and confess it, which is doing the sands of mine. Jesus said he is the what? High priest of your profession. Jesus said that the power over death and life is what? In your tongue. Remember that. He said you're going to give account for every idle word, for by thy words you'll be justified. It's another part of that scripture, where by thy words you'll be condemned. We want to skip that part if we want to use our words to justify ourselves by saying what God said. So see, if God said, himself bore your sins in his own body on the tree that you being dead the sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed you take that out of first peter 224 and make it out of a, a confession you say i'm sin free now you're not saying that of your own self you're saying it because god said it. i'm sin free jesus bore all of my sins in his body on the tree i am sin free it also says he is your advocate. The Bible says you have an advocate with the Father. The word advocate means lawyer. Because Jesus paid for my sins, my lawyer is going to argue my case. The devil might come. See, the devil stood before God accusing Joshua in the book of Zechariah. And they said, is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? That's what, that's what God said. He's a brand plucked out of the fire. Hallelujah. He was accusing Joshua. The devil, the devil is going to accuse you. See, in this particular passage of scripture in Matthew, the seventh chapter, it said that the rain did come. How many know it'll come? The hurricane will come. It said the floods came. It said the wind blew and it beat upon that house. You remember I said yesterday that you are a spiritual house. This the house God is talking about. It's a parable. He spake to them in parables. The rain, the trials and tribulations of life, they're going to come. Many people think because you get saved, that, that, that admits you from having a trial and a tribulation. It don't. They're going to come. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. But watch this. And it fell not, for it was founded upon that rock. Now, when you type this, man, the Holy Spirit is so good. I didn't even know I was typing this with with, with 1 Peter 2. See, that's why you got to move under the anointing. I had no idea what God was doing. I just pray and ask the Lord what the minister and he have you to minister. He's so good and he's so great. See, in second, in first Peter, the second chapter, and I'm not going to turn that right now. It talks about you being a spiritual house. You built up uh, upon Jesus Christ. It's talking about him being the rock. Well, right here, it's talking about the red rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. You are that spiritual house. And it fell not. Why it didn't fall? For it was founded upon a rock. Who is that rock? That rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. That rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're talking about spiritual development. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord wants to build himself into you. 
the way he builds himself into you is through your confession. He cannot build himself into your subconscious, into your consciousness, if you don't be a doer of confession. You got to be a doer of confession of the word. A doer of the word. What is, see, my God, my God, my God, you're so good. Your confession is your profession. You know, profession have two definitions. One of them can be your job or your work, and the other one can be believing a thing or saying a thing, I meant to say, even it appears not to be true. David said, I confess the word day and night that I might not sin against you. He really used the word meditate. When you research the word meditate, it means to mutter or to say over and over and over again. Now, I know all these things. Why? Because I spent time reading, looking words up in the dictionary to develop my spirit. And I don't even think I'm halfway of what I need to do to develop my spirit. See, when your spirit is rightly developed, like, for instance, suppose I want to work miracles. I'm going to go over here and preach and work miracles. Well, I need to find the scriptures pertaining to what God said I can work miracles. I need to go and find it in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, where he said one of the gifts of the spirit is working miracles. I need to go to, to Mark 16, where he says, uh, uh, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I need to go to John, the 14th chapter, where he says, the work that I did, you shall do also. And then I need to keep on making those scriptures out of confession. Father, it is written in the name of the Lord Jesus that the works that Jesus did, I do the same works. When I go over here and minister, oh, I don't have to be ministering. When I'm at work, I do the works of Jesus. I do the works of Jesus. The great one lives on the inside of me. It is you, Lord, that will and work it in me to will and to do of your good pleasure. Greater works I do. The Holy Spirit, the power of God is on the inside of me. The powerhouse is on the inside of me. I'm on that rock. I believe in that chief cornerstone, glory, and I do the works of Christ. And that's how you begin to build yourself to do that. See, you got to develop your spirit, man. See, see, that rain came, that flood came, those winds blew, and it built upon, it beat upon that house. In other words, it beat upon your spirit, right? But you couldn't be broken. They couldn't break you. Why? Because you were founded upon that rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. Now, to get Jesus in you is you've got to quote word, but words, his words, because he is the word. The way you put Jesus in you is through confessing his words. Oh, don't If you remember anything I said today, remember this. How do you put Jesus in you? Pop quiz. Christ is in you to hope of glory. How do you build his spirit into yourself? By confessing the word. How you do it, brothers and sisters? By confessing the word. Making his words out of your own personal confession. And you begin to build Christ in you. See, he's already in you, but you're not. Sometimes you're not aware of it because you hadn't confessed the word and and became aware of it. Philemon says you should acknowledge every good thing that's on the inside of you. It'll make your faith become effective. See, in Philemon, your faith become effectual by acknowledging every good thing that is on the inside of you. That's how you build Christ into your consciousness, and then you will begin to operate under that anointing. No confession, no possession. Uh, your confession precedes your possession. 
Hallelujah. You must confess that word there. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. Glad to be with you one more time. Hallelujah. To sow seeds of faith into your inner man. I bless you. I decree that you are already healed. You are already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are already healed. Healing is yours. It's manifesting right now in your inner man. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I pour the blood of Jesus Christ. And I command prosperity upon every person. Unprecedented prosperity. Supernatural growth. Growth spiritually and growth financially. Let it be so, Father, for I pray you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, in the book of Philemon, or Philemon, and at verse 6, it says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, Philemon, the writer, he's saying, or Paul writing to Philemon, he is t telling him, listen, your faith will become effective. One place in Thessalonians, Paul said, your faith groweth exceedingly. Well, your faith would grow exceedingly when you acknowledge every good thing which is in you. A lot of people don't acknowledge the good that is in them. They acknowledge the bad. Don't, don't acknowledge the bad anymore. Don't speak negative about yourself. Don't acknowledge your weakness or the weakness, weaknesses of others. Because in, in 1 Peter 2 and 5, it says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, me just reading that right now don't make you believe it. You believe it when you done heard it over and over and over again, and when you done said it over and over and over again. You acknowledging that you are a lively stone. You acknowledging that I am. See, I would say I am a lively stone. I am a spiritual house. I am a holy priesthood. Now, you might feel, when you say that for the first time, you might feel a little resistance. That's, the, that's that demon don't want you to say it. Don't ignore that demon. Tell him to get, get behind you and say it anyway. Say, I'm holy. Say, I'm a holy priesthood. Don't be afraid to call yourself what God said you are. Verse 9, this deal in 1 Peter 2, it says, but you are a chosen generation. That's you, a raw priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people. That's who you are. You're royalty. You are peculiar. A holy, you're holy. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You should say that. I'm called out of darkness. Verse 11, it says, Dear beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. So that means if you are a stranger and pilgrim, your true home is in heaven. Start to acknowledge that. I am a strange and pure, but my true home is in heaven. I'm coming down this earth to try to teach the people on this earth to join into my family in heaven. And we're going to dominate this world system. And see, because you are a pilgrim and strange, it's a abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. So you don't have the lust. You don't. You could, because you're not like the world. 
You don't have to lust. You say, I refuse the lust. I refuse fleshly lust because it war against the soul. The soul is the mind. You see what I'm saying? So don't demand your will and emotion. So you begin to take the word of God, confess it over yourself. And there's many other confessions. I'm just dealing with this today. It's confessions in Isaiah. I'm going to give you a synopsis. Ones I use. I use the ones out of Isaiah 54. Isaiah 53 and 54. 53 is on healing. 54 pertains to my children, to myself, my wife, and all that. It pertains to my family. It talks about no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That all of my children are taught of the Lord and great is their peace. That God would never be wroth with me nor rebuke me. See, that man, it's, it's so much stuff. If you're under condemnation, you, you begin to quote that uh, Jesus Christ is your, your lawyer, your advocate. Did you know that Jesus was a lawyer for, for Jacob? When um, Laban kept mistreating Jacob, Jesus, the Lord, visit him in a dream and told him to, uh, to lead Jacob along. And he was an idol worshiper because he got mad at at uh, Jacob when he left because he thought he took his idol. So did you know God can speak to idol worshipers? Yes, he can speak to people that are not saved. He really can. He told men, he told wicked men don't touch Abraham's wife. They wouldn't. I don't. I didn't read where they was uh, uh, saved. I think they was Gentiles at the time. Now, they might have got saved after Jesus died and went into the souls in prison, but that's besides the point. God is able to speak to people who ain't saved. He told Laban, an idol worshiper, you see to it that you don't mess with Jacob. He told the other men, you see to it that you restore Abraham's his wife, and don't you touch his wife. You're a dead man. So if you need, if you got people falsely accusing you, or accusing, hire Jesus as your advocate. Hire, I, I didn't did it. I didn't hire him as my advocate. I don't worry about what people say or think because Jesus Christ is my defender. He'll speak to you and tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> See what I'm saying? If you're mad at me or, or, mis or, or, or judging me unrighteously. And if I am, it, it, look, and if I have uh, done whatever you think I've done, you know, I, I'd probably repent and you have to forgive me anyway. But most of the time, people let the devil war with their mind. That's how you see churches break up and all kind of stuff. People let the devil sow seeds of discord against their, their brother. That's why the Bible say don't receive an accusation unless it's by two or three witnesses. Then you have to walk in love and forgiveness. But Christ want to, I don't know how I got off on that, but Christ want to build himself into you by the confession of the word. The power over death and life is in the tongue. A man is going to give an account for every idle word that he speaks. For by thy words you shall be justified, and by thy words you shall be condemned. If a man desire to see long life and good days, refrain your tongue from evil and see that thy lips do not speak God. Hallelujah. You have the potential to possess any promise in this Bible. You have the potential for unprecedented prosperity. You have the potential to walk in divine health. You have the potential to live 120 years. You have the potential to, to get all the promises in this book if you would simply meditate on or 
meditate mean to mutter or to say over and over and over again. If you want to build Christ into your consciousness and you want to become a powerhouse, you will not become a powerhouse without confession. Confession is your possession. You will never rise above your confession. Now, a lot of people say they don't have time. But uh, I know that not to be true. I've watched ball games two or three hours. I done played Candy Crush or whatever. I said, man, let me see what this game is and been on that two or three hours. Well, God say redeem the time for the days of evil. I'm not telling you that you don't have time for recreation, this and that. But you have to develop your spirit. If you don't develop your spirit by confession, when the trials, see when that wind come and that flood come, and that rain come and beat upon your house, if, if the house is not founded upon that rock, it's going to fall. But if it's founded upon that rock, what is that rock? Jesus is that rock. What is Jesus? The word. So the word is, is the material that you strengthen your spirit man with. Just like you use two befores and, and concrete, the, the poor slab and the frame the house. The way you frame your spirit and build your spirit up, the way you lift weights in the spirit, the way you uh, 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 meditate to be a doctor in the spirit realm. See, you got three different areas of development, the spirit, the soul, and the body. I'm talking about spiritual development. I'm going to talk about the other stuff tomorrow. But when you spend time meditating and decreeing the word, when your spirit is get strong, get strong, nothing can stop you. See, one player said the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity in a wounded spirit who can bear. If your spirit is strong, the infirmity can't live in you. But if your spirit is weak, the enemy can take you over. Be blessed, brothers and sisters. String yourself by confession. Hello, brothers, sisters. Glad to be with you one more time to sow seeds of faith, which is going to give you the victory. Father, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I bless every ear, every heart, every body, every mind that is listening to me today. And I say, awaken, be alive, for you are lively stones. Be healed, for you are healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be prosperous, for Jesus became poor that you through his poverty are now rich. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for you because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I command the blessings of the Lord to overtake you even in this season in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, the word of the Lord came to me at the beginning of the year that this was going to be the year of restoration. Well, God is restoring what the locusts, the canker worm, the caterpillar have, have eaten. And I've been seeing it. I don't know about you, but See, to receive that, you got to confess that, that this is the year of restoration for me. God is restoring what the locusts have eaten, what the canker worm have eaten, what the caterpillar have eaten, what the palmer worm have eaten. You can find that in Joel, the second chapter, I think. It's in Joel. But anyway, Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter in that verse 13, it reads, we have in the same Spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe. 
and therefore have I spoken. If you believe God's word, you will speak it. Let me read that again. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, when God spoke that word to me, I believed it. And then I spoke it for myself. Well, if you also believe, you should therefore speak it. <laughs> See, confession is possession. Now, so one one might one who don't get it, he might say, yeah, that man of a false prophet, he told me I was going to get restored, and I didn't. But did you speak it? No, if it was a real prophecy, I wouldn't have to speak it. But you go ahead on and stay broke then. How many understand how this thing works? When you got the same spirit of faith according as it, as it is written, and that's another thing, whatever is written, you can make it yours. I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. We're still in Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. At verse 16, it says, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. See, some people think whatever trial and tribulation they're going through is forever. It's for a moment. But watch what it does for you. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. Let the weight of your glory fall upon me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Yeshua. See, those trials and tribulations, when they come and beat upon that house, it only proves that that house is founded upon the rock. Hallelujah. Verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen. How many of you are looking at things that are seen? If you all don't, stop doing it. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, are temporary. Can you see heaven right now? No, that don't mean it's no, but that don't mean it's not there, do it. Are you looking at Jesus right now? But that don't mean he's not in you. He said he is in you. You have to acknowledge that he's on the inside of you. Did you have you acknowledged that today? Have you said, Thank you, Lord, for being on the inside of me? Have you said, Greater is he that is in me than this sickness that's trying to attack my body? Somebody who's sick, you need that word. You need to tell that sickness that Jesus Christ is greater than, and call it by name. Jesus Christ is greater than high blood pressure. Jesus Christ is greater than cancer. Jesus Christ is greater than diabetes. You command that diabetes and that cancer and that sickness and that disease, command it to flee. Say to it, say, the Lord Jesus Christ lives on the inside of me, so you must flee now. Go somewhere where you can holler if you need to, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Get mad at it. Command it to leave. And keep saying day by day, beat upon that thing day by day until healing is built into your consciousness and sickness has left your consciousness. See, because while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now I want to give you some, some examples of some things. Man had spent 
Man spent a lot of money developing the body. They got gyms. Let's take Alabama football. You ought to go look at some of the stuff they got. They got uh, devices in their shoulder pads, devices in their in their uniform that can tell them what's their maximum peak of running, and they and they they can tell by that when the player has got tired, and they can learn from that how long to play that player. Um, most most of the players get injured when they're tired. Uh, they can learn. Say this guy got great speed. Uh, after he even took five steps, but within the first four steps, he's not that fast. And they'll design exercises to develop the first four steps. That the wide receiver from Alabama talked about that, and I saw documentaries on it. They got these two strength and conditioning guys. So they spent a lot of money developing the body. You can develop your body. Wake up every day, do push up, sit up, jump a jack. When I was Marine Corps, we developed my body. Well, anyway. They got great institutions of learning where you can develop the mind. You can read these books and get highly developed in the mind. You can study and, and spend hours and hours of study. When I was at Tuskegee University, a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Kip Chapman, he's a vet. You can Google search. He's a vet in Philadelphia. He's in the School of Veterinary and Science. This guy used to study all day. He'll kick you out of his room. He'll he'll fellowship with you 20 minutes and say, hey, you got to go. And he did that little by little. He, he was he was in the uh, – he had already graduated from the University of Delaware, and then he came to Tuskegee do another four years for the vet school. So he spent eight years developing his mind in the area of veterinary and science. Uh, uh, regular physicians, medical physicians for humans do that too. Spend years. Then they do a two-year internship to develop their mind and to practice medicine, okay? Nothing wrong with either one. Nothing wrong with developing the body. Nothing wrong with developing the mind. But, you know, oftentimes man has not majored in developing his spirit. And his spirit is developed by confessing what God said. That's why when you saw the pa- pandemic hit, people got scared, shut down the churches and all that, because they was more developing their body and in their mind than spiritually. So they'll say words like, well, God ain't make you a fool. Well, you got to be have wisdom. Well, they have been, de- been developing man's wisdom. But see, the wisdom of God is contrary to what man's wisdom, like walking on the water, laying hands on the sick. You, you don't learn that in medical school. You go lay hands on the sick and they recover. So to try to mix man's wisdom with, with spiritual wisdom will make you shut down the church. Because, see, See, the, the, the Spirit says, forsake not to assemble yourself together with the believers as a man of some meal. But man say, well, don't be a fool. You're going to get sick. Well, the Spirit said, no evil shall befall you. Neither shall any plague come down our dwelling. But he said, well, Brother King, folks in the church got sick. It's because everybody is not developing their spirit. So some will get sick because they don't know about Psalm 91. Now, that's not to throw stones. I, I, I hope y'all catch what I'm saying. What, what I'm really doing is I'm trying, not trying to throw stones. I'm trying to say you have to develop your spirit. So when the winds come, when the flood come, when the rain come, you're built upon the rock. I know a couple at my church, one of them an engineer, one of them a physician. They be speaking in tongues, and they look good in their body. So they have developed their spirit, their mind, and their body. This is what God wants. He don't want a man developed in his body and not in his spirit. A man developed in his mind and not in his spirit 
God desires for a heavy weight to be on the spirit, but also develop the mind and the body. Brothers and sisters, hope I said something to help you. Have a great day. Be blessed. Well, brothers and sisters, welcome on this Friday. We're talking about spiritual development. Hallelujah. But Father, in the name of Yeshua, I ask, Lord, that the spirit of wisdom, Lord, be an activation. For you have been made unto me wisdom. Glory. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, that I'm going to speak in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the spirit of wisdom. I bless the ears that I'm speaking to, for your ears are blessed and you do hear. Your eyes are blessed and you do see. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Well, let's go to uh, Mark, the 16th chapter, and at the 15th verse. It says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, <coughs> pardon me, shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, let me show you how to apply this to a confession. Suppose you went somewhere and you got food poisoned, for instance. Or uh, some people got food poisoned. He said, well, I ate there too. Don't say, I hope I don't get sick. You pull this particular scripture up and you say, say if I drink any deadly thing, it should not hurt me. If I eat any deadly thing, it should not hurt me. You, you understand, you begin to take the word and you build a protection around yourself, your loved ones, your associates, by confession, believing and decreeing the word. If you if you got to minister to a sick person, somebody sick, grandma sick, cousin sick, brother sick, sick co-worker, you take this particular scripture, you say, I lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, if you can't get to them to lay hands on them, you go to Psalms 108, 107, somewhere around in there, in there, where it says he sent his word and healed them. Get you a Bible app, Google search that. He sent his word and healed them. I don't have time to Google search it right now, but it's in Psalms. He sent his word and healed them. Then you don't have to lay hands. See, one place the satirian received it when he said, speak the word only, and my daughter shall be healed. So a father have authority to pray for his children to get them healed. You see what I'm saying? So you have a certain amount of authority according to the word of God. You can send the word also. And you would, before you get ready to pray for somebody over the phone or something like that, you'll go find that word. And you'll say, Lord, you sent your word and healed them. Lord, you're going to use me to send the word of the Lord by prayer. And Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Sally going to get healed or whoever it is. You begin to activate the anointing on the inside of you by confession of the word. You begin to say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Wherever I go, the great one is on the inside of me and is radiating from my body. So then, I remember one time I walked in McDonald's. Soon I passed by this little girl. Uh, I was delivering mail, actually. McDonald's on my mail route. 
And this girl said, out of the blue, she said, man, soon you passed by me, my headache left. And I didn't, I said, well, thank God. I didn't think about it until I left. That's what Peter did. When Peter walked by people, the diseases left them. Well, I had, during that time, I was doing a lot of fasting and praying and stuff. Well, you know, they don't require that to have that kind of anointing. It really requires a lot of confession, be honest with you. And so when I passed by that girl, because I had been praying and confessing the word and decreeing the word, praying in the spirit, I, I didn't know she was sick. I just passed by. And uh, I didn't even, I don't even know the girl know that's in the Bible, but she said when I passed by her, her headache left. Hallelujah. Well, it wasn't just, God ain't just do that for Peter. He's not a respected to person. He do it for whatever you, your name is. If your name, Sarah May, he'll do it for Sarah May. See, but expect that. Say, Lord, the anointing going to be so powerful upon me. When I come in the presence of people, they're going to feel the power of God. They're going to get healed. But whatever you desire. I have a desire to, to pray for people and grow their legs out. I'm waiting on somebody to, to appear where I can pray and grow their legs out by, by praying in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ is going to do it, but he's going to do it by me praying for him. How many know he used people to do his will? He said, you shall do greater works because I go to the Father. Well, don't be so um, arrogant where you say, well, I'm not doing it. Well, yeah, you're going to do it. In the name of Jesus. That's what he said. You shall do it in his name. You shall do it. You're going to do it in his name. We know it's not you doing it, but you got to do it, even though it's not you doing it. If you don't believe that you can pray and it'll happen, God can't do it because you don't have faith. Say, I have faith in my faith. Say, I believe I pray and I get results. Say, I believe that the great one is living on the inside of me. So I took a scripture one time out of out of 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and 30 where it says, Jesus has made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And I made that out of confession. And I deal with all four of those uh, revelations. You know what I'm saying? I say, uh, let me just read it real quick, put it before my eyes. Yep. Uh, it says, but, uh, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Now, a baby Christian, God told them to ask God for wisdom, who give it to every man and upbraided not in the book of James. But to a mature Christian, he has a revelation that he don't have to pray for wisdom anymore. He understands that Jesus Christ is made unto him wisdom. So the wisdom is already in him and always upon him. Let me explain even further. See, it says he's made unto us wisdom and righteousness. Let me ask you this. Do righteousness leave and come back? No. Jesus Christ is your righteousness forever. He's never leaving nor forsaking you. Well, if he's always your righteousness, he's always your wisdom. If he's always your righteousness and wisdom, he's always your sanctification. And he's also always your redemption. He's not leaving your redemption and coming back and giving it to you. Leaving it and come. No, he don't come and go. He said, I'll always be with you. So it says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ, right? Who of God is made unto us wisdom. So the wisdom of, say, I have the wisdom of Christ. He is always your wisdom. Now, you can make that wisdom become activated by declaring it, by declaring Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my righteousness. 
Jesus is my sanctification. Jesus is my redemption. A person that is always worried about if they're born again or not has not confessed enough times that Jesus is my righteousness. That person is always trying to obtain righteousness by their own effort. See, and if you try to obtain righteousness by your own effort, your righteousness is going to come and go. If you're always trying to obtain sanctification by your own effort, your sanctification is going to come and go. If you're always trying to obtain redemption by your own uh, effort, your redemption will come and go. And if you're trying to obtain wisdom by your own effort, your wisdom will come and go. The only thing you need to do is read that word and confess that word. And whatever you're weak in, major in that area on confession until that weakness has departed. Let me say that again. What area are you weak in? You need to find scriptures that pertain to that area and major in that area until that weakness has departed. See, when you go to college, they have a major and a minor. You might major in education and minor in music. Well, if you're weak in music and you need to, you play the piano for the church, you need to switch major. You need to major in music and minor in education and vice versa. So if you're weak in understanding that you're righteous, you need to find the scriptures on righteousness and major in it and sanctification. Major. But if you're weak on wisdom, you need to find the scriptures on wisdom and, and major in that. If you're weak in your finances, you need to find the scriptures on finances and major in that and do what it says pertaining to finances. How many understand this? So see, whatever you build yourself in, a basketball player didn't get good overnight. He did a little by day by day, dribbling the ball. Baseball player didn't get good overnight. He hit the batting tee and practiced every day. Football player didn't get good overnight. He practiced, lift weights every day. The same thing with spiritual things. It don't come overnight. It's little by little. You got to stay consistent. Every day, be consistent. Be blessed. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week.